Well, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Ricky. Praise team for an incredible time of worship. Thank you, church. I know as difficult as it might seem to sing praises like we are with a mask over our face, uh, I heard more singing today. So thank you. Thank you for, um, for just singing, singing out, singing the best that we can. Take your Bibles and turn me to Proverbs chapter 22. Proverbs chapter 22. <clears throat> we have been walking through the Proverbs for a few Sundays now. Pastor and Jamie and I have begun to, to walk through just some, some principles, really some truths that you find in the book of Proverbs that, uh, that really help us understand what it means to, to seek God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. What, what does it really mean to, perceive, to seek the wisdom that comes from above? As we've already kind of already seen, as we've walked through this study in Proverbs to this point, the purpose of Proverbs really is just to, to impart wisdom for godly living. If you remember, I guess we've now in our fourth week, a few weeks back, Pastor Jamie laid out a definition of what wisdom is, and we've continued to be reminded of it each and every Sunday as we walk through the book of Proverbs. When we think about wisdom as it relates to the book of Proverbs. Wisdom really is the understanding that results in good judgment, such that we please God, do right by our fellow man, and flourish in our own lives. When we think about wisdom in the Bible, we think about wisdom here, particularly in, in Proverbs. Wisdom is, is us having an understanding that really comes from above. And, and, and as God departs upon us, as he imparts to us the, the wisdom that comes from him, it, it helps us to, to live lives that are, that are characterized in our, in our actions, in our thoughts, in our words, in our deeds. Everything that we do, we practice good judgment that ultimately helps us to live a life that pleases God, does right by our fellow man, and then ultimately flourishes because of God and His graciousness. This morning we're going to pick up in the study, and I'd like for us to consider what wisdom looks like related to humility. Wisdom and humility. Is there a relation? Is there, is there something that we need to take away this morning as we think about wisdom and humility? In Proverbs chapter 22, we're actually going to just use one key verse this morning, and and then we'll play Bible drill, and we'll spend quite some time digging through the Scriptures, especially here in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 22, verse 4. Listen to the word of the Lord. Humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, honor, and life. Would you pray with me? Gracious, loving Father, I ask that as we dig into your word this morning, that indeed you would speak to our hearts. Lord, we pray for wisdom from on high. Lord, I, I pray that for my life. I pray that for we as a church. I pray that for we as your people who are gathered together, Lord, right here in this building, but gathered together right now, literally around the globe, people watching online. Lord, I pray that you would give us just your wisdom and favor from on high. Lord, that this day you would remind us what, if it, what it means, what it looks like for us in wisdom that you grant us to be humble servants before you and our fellow man. Teach us, Lord, the relation between wisdom and humility. And as we pray for wisdom, we understand that you must make us more humble. Speak to us now. I ask this in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. 
Uh, I want to read one more translation that I really like as I think about as there as I was doing the study this week I was really looking through this particular Proverbs. Believe me, there as you walk through all the different translations, there's multiple translations that kind of kind of approach this verse a little differently. One of my favorites, actually, so I love the CSB, and that's what I preach from, the, the Christian Standard Bible. Um, I, what, what I love here, though, is, is I love actually the ESV. So I'm going to go back to the CSB. We just read it. It's humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, honor, and life. I think the ESV gets it a little, a little even a little closer. The ESV says it this way, the reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Now, let me just be honest. This seems so contradictory to the world in which we live, doesn't it? I mean, you and I will admit that, that right now we live in a world that holds up and, and, and idolizes those who honestly are, are quite arrogant quite prideful. I mean, you just, you turn on the news, you watch YouTube for a while, you surf other social media platforms. The world has a tendency to elevate those who are prideful, who oftentimes are quite arrogant. Now, as a result, I'm not saying it's the world's fault because honestly, it's the flesh inside of us our own sin, our own struggles with pride. But as we look at it, as we see it, as we consume it ourselves, then oftentimes, even as believers, we begin to struggle with the same tendencies. Because the world elevates this concept, because the world elevates these people, we believe that, that oftentimes that if we could just, if we could have more, if we could pursue more, if we, if, if we, could, if we could get the recognition that we're due, then, then all would be well in life. Stories told of two brothers who grew up on a farm. One moved away to become really a, a hotshot lawyer. The other one stayed on the farm. But one day, the hotshot lawyer came to visit his farmer brother. And he walked up on the front porch to see his brother, and, and he made this statement. Why don't you go out and make a name for yourself and hold your head up high in the world like me? farmer said, you see that field of wheat over there? Look at it real close. Only the empty heads stand up. Those that are filled will always bow low. Now, no offense to any lawyers in the room. Praise God, we've got some wonderful godly lawyers, even in this church. The, the concept here, though, is the lawyer is the representative of the world. That, that's, what, that's what the world says. Why don't you go out and make a name for yourself? Why don't you go and you do something that, that, that is really it brings you recognition so that, so that you and I, so that we can hold our heads up high in this world? Why don't you go and make a name for yourself? God's people know actually what God desires is that we humble ourselves before Him. That we find ourselves on our faces before Almighty God, understanding what we're worth. Understanding our true value in relation to a holy God. 
not in relation to what the world has to offer. We come to this concept here in Proverbs 22, where humility and the fear of the Lord results in wealth and honor and life. What exactly is humility as it relates to God's Word? One of the definitions that I found that I really liked is humility is defined as the personal quality of being free from arrogance and pride and having an accurate estimate of one's worth. Humility is that, is that personal quality, church, of, of being free of arrogance and pride. And then, and then as we relate to a holy and, and incredible and almighty God, it actually helps us to understand and, and have a true and accurate estimate of what our worth is. That in and of ourselves, we are worth nothing. Yet in the eyes of a holy and righteous and loving God, who has poured out the blood of Christ on us, in Him and in Him alone do we find all of our value and worth. When it comes to living for the Lord, the Bible's very clear. When it comes to living a life that God elevates, when it comes to living a life that, that puts God's glory on display, the Bible's very clear that, that what God desires most from us is a humble spirit, even above and beyond some other things that he asked for in Scripture. Now, hold on. This is one of those places where we're going to begin to dive into the Scripture. So what do you mean by that? Psalm 51, verse 17. If I got my verses right, Nathan's going to be able to pull them up for us. I'm the one who gave them to him kind of at the last moment. Psalm 51, verse 17. Listen to what the Scripture says. The sacrifice pleasing to God is a broken spirit. You will not despise a broken and humbled heart, God. You say, wait a minute, what, what exactly is the psalmist saying there? Wasn't it God? Wasn't it God himself that, that instituted the sacrificial system? Wasn't it God who said, you as my people need to perform these sacrifices? Wasn't, wasn't when, pe when, when God's people were performing sacrifices, weren't they doing the very thing that God called them to do? Yes. When you look at, at what the psalmist says in 51.17 and, and you compare it even to what Isaiah says in Isaiah chapter 1, God's word is very clear. What God demands of us, what God desires of us, what God longs for us is for us to approach him with a heart of humility. And if we just show up to church, if we think we can go through our own lives and our spiritual walk, just going through the motions, right? Doing the things that God's called us to do while at the same time pursuing our own desires and following our own arrogance and pride. If we can just go through the motions of the Christian life and not have humility of heart. God says, you're wasting your time, church. You see, what God desires of us as his people more than anything else as we're pursuing him is to do it with the right heart, with the right motive, with the right intention, to do it with humility. All throughout scripture, humility is, is actually revealed in several ways. 
If you're taking notes, you can just write some of these down. We, we just don't have time this morning to dig into all of this. But as you walk through the scriptures, you see that, that, a, that a humble spirit is revealed in several ways as, in us as believers. The first one is that we recognize our sinfulness before a holy God. Our, our first way of revealing our own humility as we, as we draw near to God, and he gives us the ability to draw near to him, is that, is that we look into our own hearts and we realize how sinful we truly are. We recognize our own sinfulness in response to recognizing him and his holiness. The next way that humility is then is evidenced in our own lives is, is as we're walking and drawing near to him and, and we realize how, how, how sinful we are, then it results ultimately in, in our obeying him. So, so we recognize our own sinfulness. It leads us to to obey Him and in His words and His commands. And finally, it, it results in us submitting to Him. This concept of submission is, is one, again, this world does not like to hear. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, are called to submit our lives to Him. Humility leads us to do this, church. As, as God draws us near to Him, we, we are walking in a right relationship with Him that we can't help but continuously look into our own hearts and realize how sinful we are. And, and as we repent of those sins and we turn away from those sins, we begin to walk more and more each day choosing to deny ourselves, humble ourselves, take up our cross and follow after Him in obedience and ultimately say, Lord, I give you my life in full submission. That's, that's humility. That's what God desires above and beyond anything else in all of Scripture. In fact, as we continue to walk through the Scriptures, we see that, that ultimately it's Jesus, right, who provides just the, the, the greatest example of humility. If there's ever been anyone who's walked the face of the earth who was deserving, right, who had the right I know this sounds strange. Who had the right to be prideful? If there's, if there's ever been anybody who had the right, it was Jesus. Yet he willingly laid that aside. Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. You'll see it. Matthew 11, verse 29 says, Take up my yoke and learn from me because I am lowly and humble in heart. You will find rest for your souls. Jesus, speaking to us as his followers, says, you, 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 you've got to humble yourself. Take up a yoke. And, and again, this is another one of those things where as if, if the world reads and say, what do you mean? I'm a, I, I'm, I'm, I haven't been around farming for a long time, but, but I'm pretty sure a yoke is a, is a symbol of weight. It's something that, that you put on, a, on an oxen team or, or mules, and, and, and they would yoke them together, but it was a, it was a symbol of burden. You and I know that what Scripture is teaching here, what Jesus is teaching, if we will yoke ourselves to Him, if we will align ourselves with Him, the one who is all-powerful, almighty, He will continue to lead and guide us. If we will humble ourselves and place our lives in submission to His will and to His direction, He will absolutely lead us to the point where we can find rest for our souls. The world doesn't get it. Matthew chapter 18, again, Jesus, this perfect example of humility. Matthew 18 says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and asked, So who is greatest in the kingdom of heaven? 
I mean, here's the followers of Jesus, right? They're acting like the world, acting like us a lot of times. Who's the greatest, Jesus? We want to know. He called a small child and said, and had him stand among them. Truly I tell you, he said, unless you turn and become like a little child, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child, this one is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes a child like this in my name welcomes me. Paul goes on to tell us, he's writing to the church at Philippi. He gives us another glimpse and picture of Christ and who he is, what he was deserving of, and yet at the same time gives us this picture of humility. In Philippians chapter 2, begin reading in verse 5, you'll see it on the screen. Adopt the same attitude as that of Christ Jesus, who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be exploited. Some translations say some didn't consider it to be grasped. So listen, church. What Paul is saying is you and I, what we need to do as followers of Jesus is we need to adopt into our lives the same attitude which was that of Christ Jesus. Well, what was that exactly, Paul? Instead, he entered himself by assuming the form of a servant, taking on the likeness of humanity. And when he had come as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow in heaven and on earth. Every knee in heaven and on earth, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Christ Jesus, who is God in the flesh, deserving of all glory and honor and praise, humbled himself to the point where he came to this earth in the form of a servant. And just in case you and I missed it, Paul says, adopt this attitude in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What you and I have to do more than anything else in all of Scripture is humble ourselves to the point where we are willing to be servants. Servants, obviously, to Christ and God himself, but even servants to our fellow man. Can I just be honest? Obviously, this is contrary to what the world says. But as I've been a pastor for quite a few years, sometimes I've seen how it's quite contrary to how the church actually operates. We even in our own lives, still struggling with, with pride and what we like and what we want. We begin to exalt ourselves and our own desires above our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We put ourselves above others and, and we think about our own hearts and our own minds and our own desires. And we stop serving those around us. You say, you know, sometimes living like that would cost us a lot. You're exactly right. A lady by the name of Corey Ten Boom, she was a Dutch Christian who really just an amazing woman. She and her family really helped Jews survive some of the Holocaust 
by, by hiding them in their home. And later in life, she, Corey Tim Boom wrote, wrote a book, The Hiding Place. And, and as a result, really just became very well known. And yet, when you looked and you've ever studied Corey Tim Boom, you read the biography, you read different things, she was just an amazingly humble woman. Well, once it's told that there was once someone who came to Corey Tim Boom and, and asked if it was difficult for her to remain humble. She did some incredible things and became well known for the, for the actions that she and her family took. And this book that she wrote was just widely distributed. Corey, is it, is it hard for you to remain humble? Her reply was very simple. She said, when Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday on the back of a donkey, and everyone was waving palm branches and throwing garments on the road and singing praises. Do you think that for one moment it ever entered the head of that donkey that any of that was for him? She continued, If I can be the donkey on which Jesus Christ rides in his glory, I give him all the praise and all the honor. We need more donkeys in the church. Certain kinds of donkeys. We need donkeys who are humble. We need you, I, we ourselves need to be a people who are willing to give any recognition that comes our way back to God so that he can glorify his own name. We've got a people who are willing to, to, to die to self. We've got to be a people who are willing to, 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 just like Jesus, lay aside our garments and wash our brothers' and sisters' feet. We've got to be a people who are willing to, to lay down our own desires and humble ourselves daily and take up our crosses and follow after the Lord Jesus Christ so that our brothers and sisters in Christ and the world around us, they look at it and say, something's different about that person. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. There's a, there's a relationship here between humility and the fear of the Lord. First off, we've got to understand not only what humility is, but what, what is this concept of fear of the Lord? You know, the fear of the Lord, is, it's very important through all throughout Scripture. Really, what it does is it indicates an awe for God. Oftentimes when we hear that word fear, I know there's some who are here thinking, you know, are we, really, are we really supposed to be terrified of God? Well, this idea of fear, it, it really ultimately brings about this idea in the scriptures of, of being loyal to him and, and obedient to his commands. The fear of the Lord actually involves humility and righteous living. I guess the best way to explain it is this way. I, I think about my own relationship with my earthly father. I love my earthly father. I've been blessed with a wonderful, godly father who's led, an led his life in an exemplary way so, so that me and my sons and, and my children, who have, they, they, we, they've seen someone who's gone before living their lives for the glory of the Lord. I love my father. Now, there's a, as I was growing up, I can be honest with you, there was, there was a, also a, a, a holy terror of my father. Because, because when I did things, that really brought shame or, 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 or dishonored the Lord or my family, my dad would not spare the rod. I never stopped loving my father, but there was that, 
there was that respect and honor that was due my father. In a lot of ways, it's the same concept here. This fearing of the Lord is, is humility. It's righteous living. It's, it's remaining loyal and obedient because, because he's our father. Proverbs 3, chapter, 7, chapter 3, verse 7, you'll see it on the screen, says, Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Chapter 14, verse 2, Whoever lives with integrity fears the Lord, but the one who is devious in his ways despises him. Chapter 16, verse 6, Iniquity is atoned for by loyalty and faithfulness, and one turns from evil by the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs, fear of the Lord is actually where we see wisdom begin. So we've been praying for wisdom. We've been asking the Lord to give us His wisdom. Where does it start from? Proverbs 9.10, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. It's the fear of the Lord that is the beginning of His wisdom, and then as we receive His wisdom, then we have the ability to, to draw closer to Him because we have a greater understanding of, of who He is, and, and that, in a sense, leads us then to live a life of righteousness that brings glory to His name. Direct relationship here. J.I. Packer passed away yesterday. A giant of the faith. He wrote these words. Once you become aware that the main business that you are here for is to know God. Most of life's problems fall into place on their own accord. Once you and I realize that the main reason we're here is just to know God, then everything else kind of takes care of itself. Because as, as we have a greater understanding of Him, as we continue to pursue Him, as we desire to know Him more each and every day, that is where understanding begins, even here as the Scriptures teach us in Proverbs 9. Proverbs 15, verse 33. The fear of the Lord is what wisdom teaches, and humility comes before honor. You see, there's this direct relationship between fearing the Lord and wisdom. Fearing the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, as Proverbs 9 teaches us. At the same time, receiving wisdom helps people better understand how to fear the Lord. Proverbs chapter 2, begin reading in verse 1. You'll see it on the screen. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, listening closely to wisdom and directing your heart to understanding. Furthermore, if you call out to insight and lift your voice to understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it like hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. And discover the knowledge of God. If, if you'll just pursue Him with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If, if you'll long to know Him. If you will seek after His face, church. The, pro, the promises of the Scripture are very clear that He'll give us an understanding. Not just being wise in the, in the terms of the world's knowledge. But He'll give us an understanding of, of who He is. He'll give us an understanding of, of, of His direction in our life. He'll give us an understanding of His will, of His purpose. As we draw closer to the Lord, we see Him pour out His blessings upon us more and more each and every day. In fact, that's really what we see. What are the benefits of humility and fear? Look at the verse again, Proverbs 22, verse 4. The reward 
for humility and fear of the Lord, which ultimately lead to wisdom. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Let me ask you a question. If, if you aren't experiencing, experiencing riches, honor, and long life, does, does this mean that you're short on wisdom? If, if you're not experiencing riches and honor and long life, does it, does it mean that you're short on humility? Does it mean that you and I are falling short on the fear of the Lord? Not necessarily. You see, we've got, we got to be careful here. Because you've got to understand this verse in light of all of Scripture. You interpret Scripture in light of Scripture. There are some who've taken this verse extremely out of context and, and have preached a completely different gospel from what is found in God's Word. These obviously are, are general principles, not guaranteed promises. They're general principles. It's not a guarantee that you and I are going to have riches and honor here in this life, especially in the ideas and the mind and the concept of the world. That's just the opposite of what all of Proverbs teaches us. In a perfect world, wise behavior, which involves humility and fear of the Lord, right? In a perfect world, wise behavior would always lead to these benefits. Heck, I mean, even... Even in, in, in our broken world, we see this concept kind of played out many times. Those who are wise receive more riches and honor. Even in our broken world, that, we, we see this to some degree. However, Scripture in no way guarantees riches and honor for every believer. Just think about Job for a moment. But what Scripture does teach us, the, the point that we find here and in, in all throughout Scripture is that wealth and honor and long life in our personal relationship with God is absolutely possible. And that ultimately, as we have our wisdom and understanding growing in knowledge of who He is and, and what He longs for us and, and how He desires to work, and that makes us more humble. And as we become more humble, then it just is receiving the riches and the glory and honor even more and more each and every day of our lives. It's His wisdom. It's His understanding. It's His glory. It's His righteousness that He is sharing with us. The point is that we find wealth and honor and long life and a personal relationship with the God of providence. We find health and wealth and long life and a personal relationship with, with a God who humbled himself to the point that he was willing to come and experience excruciating pain. So remember, the reward for humility and the fear of the Lord is absolutely riches, honor, and even eternal life found in Christ. Remember, Jesus is the perfect example of humility. I mean, you think about it, when his disciples were arguing over, over who would have a position of prominence in his kingdom, when the disciples couldn't agree on who would one would sit on the right and one would sit on the left. I mean, when the disciples were caring more about themselves, Jesus spoke these words in Mark 10. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve 
and to give his life as a ransom for the many. When the world was bickering about who would be the greatest, when the world was fighting, I mean, even his disciples, when the world cared more about what are you going to give me, what can I have, what am I going to take away from this, Jesus said, you need to be more like me. And I came to serve. I came to die. On the night in which he was betrayed, one of the very last things that he did for his disciples, remember what it was? He laid aside his garments, wrapped a cloth around his waist, and he went to the feet of every disciple and washed their feet. And he said, what you've seen in me, what you've seen me do, do it for others as well. Proverbs 22, verse 4. Humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, honor, and life. When the world says, you get what you deserve, go after it, take it, steal it. When the world says, you've got to be someone so you can hold yourself up high. When the world says you pursue it at all cost, if you have to hurt that person, so be it. When the world says, get out of my way, I'm getting that, I'm going to take it from you. When the world says, it's mine, Jesus says, shut your mouth, hit your knees, humble yourself, seek me. Follow after me. Yoke yourself to me. Jesus says, if you'll do that, the riches you will receive will blow your mind. The relationship that you will have will be incredible. The experience of eternal life will be the greatest reward possible. Humility, the fear of the Lord, results in wealth, honor, and life. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I ask that as we move into this time of commitment, that Lord, right now you would, Lord, indeed speak to our hearts. Lord, I ask that if there's anyone here this morning who's never trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior, Lord, I pray that right now the Holy Spirit would work in their minds and their hearts. Lord, you would speak to them. Lord, I ask that as, Lord, we continue to think about what it means to be humble and draw near to you. Lord, I pray for we who are believers, who are gathered in this room and who are gathered together online. Lord, I pray that, that you would just continue to reveal to us in our own lives, our own shortcomings, and that, Lord, we would confess our sins, repent of them, and run to you again. Lord, teach us what it means to be humble in your eyes. Teach us, Lord, of how, how wisdom and understanding come from humility and seeking after you and your face above any and everything else. Lord, I pray that we at First Baptist New Orleans would be a people 
who would be seen as being radically different from the world around you simply because we're truly serving others more than we serve ourselves. Lord, teach us to be humble. Through that humility, through that fear of the Lord, help us to draw near to you as you draw near to us. Lord, do a work in our lives. I pray that you would search each one of us. Search us, O God, and know our hearts. Try us and know our anxious thoughts. And Lord, see if there be any wicked way in any of us. Ultimately, Lord, lead us in your way everlasting. Do a work in our lives so that we can do a work for your glory and yours alone. Lord, we love you. We trust you. And we ask this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen.